Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. House sitting and travel international house sitting is always a topic of interest, especially for the number of different ways that people can approach it. And it certainly has been yet another interesting year for that side of not just house sitting, but also pet care. And so we're really excited to have Kylie Fuad on, owner of Aussie House Sitters and House Sitters America, to talk about kind of the state of the industry, how things have changed, and what it means to be more involved and how to get started. So Kylie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I live in a lovely regional city called Lismore in northern New South Wales in Australia, um, part of the Northern Rivers region on Bundjalung country, our local mob here. Um, and it's a little piece of paradise. I live on five acres, uh, have little um, cattle for neighbours, uh, three cats and a dog, uh, two scary teenagers. Well, they're not too scary, but they have their moments. And um, we run a small business of um, house sitting websites. So we have Aussie House Sitters and House Sitters America. And I would love to know how you got started with those and where the idea or need came for those. About 17 years ago, I was working in the Northern Territory in um, the middle of Australia, um, absolutely loving it. But looking at uh, wanting to move into town um, or try and try and travel a bit more, but we didn't have a lot of money. And we looked at the idea of house sitting. So you know, what a cool idea that you could um, go to someone's house and look after their house and their pets for a fortnight or a month uh, and then go back to work because um, we were living remotely at the time and our families were on the East Coast and so to be able to come back and stay was really expensive. Just flying was really expensive. And um, my partner, Nick, uh, thought, oh, okay, there's something in this and had a bit of a look. It was, you know, in the oldie, olden days where the internet was just kind of starting to take off and he couldn't really find anything in Australia that, um, you know, was a, a website to support that. And he's a, such an ideas man. He thought, oh, I think there's a business in this. So he you know, got very excited and worked with a web developer to create a very basic website at the time. Uh, and bit by bit by bit, eventually it started taking off. And um, house-sitting has just seemed to get more and more popular. Uh, and so over time he's expanded, you know, not only having an Aussie house-sitters for house sitters in Australia, but he's branched out um, with other websites. And so uh, House Sitters America was one of those. And um, so it's been quite a journey from just, you know, wanting to to do something for us to be able to travel to then create a website that's kind of taken a whole life of its own. I used to be a full-time teacher, but now I'm living the high life working, you know, for my own business. So, you know, for us as a couple, you know, it's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, and it's just been amazing to see that, especially over the last five years, maybe a little bit longer, that house-sitting has really taken off. Um, I mean, everywhere. I mean, we we live in Australia, so I guess we're closest to the Australian market. Um, But definitely it's it's grown, you know, in so many places and it just seems to be, uh, especially with the sharing economy, I guess, you know, it, it's so much easier to be able to um, meet up with people online to organise things like house sitting. And it's such a great way to travel or live rent free. So, yeah, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really cool journey from literally he would sit in the laundry next to the kitty litter. He had a desk and a, and a computer and we bought a little screen for $10 from a garage sale and that was his office to start wow. off with. Wow. And now we've got a little office building um, a space in Lismore and um, we employ a small group of local people. So, yeah, it's been a pretty wild ride the last 17 years. 
You had mentioned as far as one of the reasons why um, house sitting has really taken off the last five years is because of the prevalence of the sharing economy. And so I, I was curious, what kind of house sitting you do you guys book and, and work through on your websites? Is it a value for value service or is it more of a paid service? Yeah. So um, on our website, Aussie House Sitters, um, our house sitters pay to be a member. And for that, they have a sitter profile for 12 months and they can apply for any house-sitting jobs. Um, but, our, but their house-sitting jobs aren't paid. So basically our house-sitters on Aussie house-sitters, they do that in return for free accommodation. Uh, and homeowners using our site, they actually don't pay. They can place a free ad um, or they can, you know, browse the sitters list and contact sitters directly. Uh, our thinking behind that model was uh, we wanted to, you know, if we were charging the house sitters, we wanted to make sure that they had plenty of house sitting jobs. And we felt that by not charging the homeowners, that would hopefully lead to more homeowners using our site, which means more ads for the house sitters, which has certainly turned out that way, um, which is fantastic. So, um, but yes, our house sitters don't usually get paid. If it is a big ask, uh, we do have some rural properties and some farms and from time to time, you know, they, there'll be house sitters who might be taking care of um, acreage or a small farm and sometimes they will be paid. It's, it's usually a nominal amount. It's not like our house sitters do it, you know, for the money. They do it for the lifestyle, to live rent-free or to travel around Australia. Um, yeah, so basically it's a... Uh, you know, the, the sitters pay to be a member, but all of the negotiating and all of the house-sitting jobs that happen to and fro, there's not usually any money that exchanges hands. Obviously, if it's a long sit, then the house-sitter might need to cover heating or electricity or, you know, different um, different costs. But that's all negotiated between the owner and the sitter because every owner is different and they will, you know, ask the different things from the house sitter. How do you think having that more value for value interaction, how does that impact the relationship in that transaction between the owner and the house sitter? Well, it's interesting because it, I don't know whether it's because of that, but we do find that there seems to be a real connection uh, between the sitter and the owners, uh, especially when it works really well. Um, and some owners will get the same house sitters time and time again. And the animal part of it is actually huge, uh, which, I mean, I'm not kind of not surprised in a way. Uh, we recently uh, did um, like interviewed some of our house sitters to get some feedback um, for them to, uh, you know, help other people who are interested in house sitting and learning about it. And, you know, going through all of the footage, the amount of times they talked about the animals they looked after and the connections and the story, like, you know, you ask them for a story, they all had these stories that were just adorable mm. uh, and, and mostly about the animals. So it's interesting. It does seem like it, it has more of a community, say like an online house sitting community feel. Um, because it's not like an actual job job. It's, uh, yeah, I guess it's like a, a, a relationship where the owner and the sitter are negotiating with each other and um, the sitter is, you know, like given a house for free, which is, you know, um, something that they really treat with respect and care and also having someone's animals and they're not getting paid to do it. So it's interesting. It, it does feel like, um, there's certainly a sense of that kind of sharing community rather than using the website to get um, jobs, house-sitting paid jobs, if you know what I mean. It feels like that, that you know, and not to take away from that because there's certainly a market um, and a place for that as well. And with House Sitters America, we actually have changed our model to um, include um, house and pet sitters who get paid because, in Australia, it's quite different. Um, it's much more of 
people people are very relaxed, I guess, <laughs> to <laughs> share, you know, live in each other's homes. It doesn't seem to be too much of a drama. But in the US, it's certainly it's it's a culturally very different place. And mm. there's a lot more people who actually feel um, better about paying a sitter because they feel like they're getting someone who's experienced and professional and they feel more comfortable having them in their home. So sure. that's something we've noticed a difference between house sitting in Australia and house sitting in America is there does seem to be a lot more um, house and pet sitters who do get paid and so we've tried to adjust our site to give a space for those people as well. Oh. That's that's fascinating. Uh, you know, when I think of that um, that shared economy, I feel like it's you get that tight relationship because each party is has a vested interest in 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 it going well, right? They've each put some part of they've put something up uh, to share with the other person. There's the house, and then there's the services on top of that. So there's they're working together to meet a common goal, and I can really see how that would really foster some really some really lifelong relationships between them or at least some some very um, positive feelings and interactions that they have um, as you know I'm sure they can go back to the same sits time and time again yeah exactly and that seems to be what happens a lot um, and we've got also got a lot of um, gray nomads cruising around uh, in their caravans up and down the east coast predominantly um, retirees and they will go back to the same house sit you know almost year in year out um, and you know, sometimes they'll work their way from Sydney up to Queensland, North Queensland, back down again, and just kind of keep going up and down and um, <laughs> getting new house sit and going back to other people who, you know, once it's their time for their annual holiday again, well, they just make sure that they're back in that space, you know, that place so that um, they're there to house it for them again. So, yeah, definitely it seems to provide um, a really good way of of um, house sitters especially to be able to go back to the same house and the same animals, you know, and that's great. I mean, I've got three cats and a dog. I know what it's like. Um, Mm. The cats are pretty cruisy, but, you know, we got house sitters in when the puppy was only really small and I'd never owned a dog before and she was this adorable tiny little thing and (laughs) we were so stressed leaving her here. Um, and um, the, we got a lovely house-sitting couple who were grey nomads travelling up and down, um, had heaps of experience with animals, and they just adored her. I think she had the best week of, like, just constant attention and love the whole time. And um, it's um, it's really special. And the way the house-sitters talked about my animals just after a week of being with them um, mm was really lovely and then I was saying oh we'll come back you know we'd love to look after sweetie again if you go away and you know a lot of the time it seems to be not necessarily about the house I mean the houses are great and some people obviously have beautiful houses and we've got a pool so you know that was really nice but <laughs> you know they just, they just kept saying oh we want to come back and you know hang out with sweetie yeah. which is so cute oh. yeah <laughs> now is is do you find the people who use your uh, your sites on both of them are, are they more full time or more part time in their the houses that they're looking for? Uh, we really get a mix of both. There's a lot of people who do it pretty much full time, especially if they are trying to live rent free, uh, uh, and that they'll be constantly looking for long term sit to try and get back-to-back-to-back to back to back as much as possible. Hmm. Um, also, people travelling, some people who are, per- I mean, we've got a few people who are permanent house sitters. They've left their day jobs and, you know, they work a bit online, but they literally go house sit to house sit. So they try and look for the longer-term house sit. But we've also got quite a few people who do it uh, because it's a nice lifestyle to do every now and then. Um, or if they want to travel, it's it's quite cheap, you know, in terms of you pay your yearly membership fee and that's it. So you can stay somewhere for three weeks mm. uh, and all you have to do is afford to get yourself there. So um, and sometimes, you know, with people's work schedules, they can't necessarily house it all the time. So uh, definitely we get a really big mix. Um, but we do, I think, you know, like we're seeing more and more uh, people really choosing house and pet sitting as a lifestyle and and really working their paid work 
or what they do for a day job around that. Um, and I guess, you know, so many people are able to work online now. So it's kind of the perfect setup if you if you want a bit of an adventurous life, you know, being a house sitter for a few years is pretty cool. Um, you can live in all kinds of places like a local and meet, you know, different furry friends. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it, yeah, it's an interesting thing to see it um, grow and evolve in terms of maybe in the past people would have done it here and there, but now it just seems so much more like a, a lifestyle choice that people can actually live that life if they want to. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Doug from Bad to the Bone Pet Care has this to say. Time to Pet has made managing my team and clients so much easier. Our clients love the easy-to-use app and scheduling features, and our sitters love being able to have all of their information organized and easily accessible. My favorite feature is the instant messaging. By keeping conversations on Time to Pet, we are able to monitor our team and ensure nothing ever falls through the cracks. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. Well, and you mentioned they're able to have more flexibility in their day jobs. What are some ways that you have seen people make money while they are travel house sitting for on more full-time basis? Well, there are some people who work um, online. So they work, um, they can work while they're uh, on a house sit day um, in more of a writing capacity, you know, say journalism or any kind of job where all you need is your laptop, your emails and some internet to be able to keep working. But also, you know, there's interesting things like, you know, hairdressers who go to different places and, you know, they might set up doing a few haircuts here and there to pay their way. Mm. So it's... um. Yeah, it's it's kind of really varied. And a lot of people too will sometimes house sit. Uh, well, some people actually still uh, work their day job, especially if they're in the same place. For example, if they're living in Sydney and they're trying to save money, um, then they might look at house sitting on a regular basis, but that would still mean doing their day job and coming home in the afternoon to the animals. Um, but, you know, there's some homeowners who actually specify that they want someone who works from home or only works limited hours because their, you know, their animal needs mean that they like to have the house sitter, you know, with their animals a lot more. Um, and I guess, you know, a lot of people use it for travel, so they're not really needing to make too much money while they're um, on the travel side of it. And then they'll go back and make some money. And then yeah. start all over again. <laughs> yeah, I guess it really, it really is dependent on the the goals and purposes of the of the house sitter who's looking for which kind of house it's. And you're right, if they're trying to string back to back to back to back to back for extended periods of time, obviously they're going to have a different lifestyle and different setup. And you, you mentioned how it is kind of transforming into more of a lifestyle thing than these maybe one offs where it was you know five ten years ago. Definitely. I mean, we've just, you know, doing these interviews with some experienced house sitters, they've been house sitting pretty much full time for the last four years. Um, and, you know, like if there's a space, they'll go stay with family or they might get an Airbnb for a week to tide them over. Um, but basically house sitting around Australia has been their life mm. for the last four four years, which is quite amazing, really. And they had some interesting stories, you know, and right from the west coast of Australia to the east coast, which is quite a long way. Uh, so they've, you know, been all around and, um, it, yeah, it's really interesting. I think that, you know, now that, I mean, and I guess we've all witnessed it too with um, COVID, so many people are working more from home because they kind of have had to. And um, so it's almost like it's opened up a you know, a way of thinking that, oh, my goodness, there is so much of our jobs we can do from home because we've just had to out of necessity. So, and, you know, a lot of bosses are realising that, you know, people are working really well from home. Uh, this could be a really good lifestyle option. I think a lot of people don't necessarily want to go back to the office eight till five 
every single day. <laughs> I think it's it'll have turned a corner and who knows, you know, we might see even more people choosing house-sitting as a lifestyle because, right. you know, thinking outside the square now that we've got that permission to do so, I guess. Yeah. Well, and that was definitely you know, a question I wanted to pose to you. You've got these two big websites, one focused on that, the house sitting in Australia, the other one looking here in America. How have you sensed the the house sitting industry and community change over the last 18 months to two years with COVID and everything going on? I know you've, you've mentioned a few things already, um, but, but what's the sense that you're getting from both house sitters and house owners? Originally, when it all started happening, especially kicking off in Australia and the US, um, our memberships just stopped. Income stopped. It was just everything came to a standstill. And uh, it was quite, it's quite a scary time really um, and watching everything going on in the world uh, and, you know, on the one hand, feel, well, feeling concerned for people and their health and their safety uh, and also looking at, you know, are we, are we ever going to be able to have that same feeling of travel, you know, again, which, I mean, Nick and I love travel. That's why we're in this industry. So, and there's so many, especially our house, well, everyone, because the owners are traveling too. It was really uh, challenging time for a lot of for for a lot of our members and for us. Uh, and um, we decided to give all of our house sitting members six months extension for free of their memberships because we knew, you know, for at least six months nothing was going to happen. And We've noticed this year there's certainly been um, more house sitters joining up again and feeling more com- confident about, you know, house sitting again. Uh, I know in Australia once we, 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 we had a good run for a little while and all of a sudden everyone was wanting to travel. So we were inundated with homeowners all wanting to go away and needing house sitters. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those rare times usually there's, so many house sitters and there's so many like and they're all kind of fighting like not fighting but you know competing for jobs um especially in the more sought after areas that can be quite competitive but um because so many people on the house sitting side you know with things so uncertain then they that they weren't house sitting as much at the moment because it was just really unreliable because they know like if the borders shut house sitting jobs would just you know, you just couldn't do them. So, uh, so yeah, so we found that all of a sudden we had all these homeowners um, and kind of not even like really enough house sitters or, you know, the owners were, were still trying to, you know, we need someone, we need someone. And, and they were really good house sitting jobs. But um, I think it's going to, t- and of course now in Australia, things have gone difficult again and we've got the Delta strain here now. So we've got lockdowns um, all over the place. And so I think, you know, for the rest of this year, uh, it's certainly going to be quite quiet. Um, it's very uncertain time for a house sitter and you certainly would be very difficult to be trying to live that house sitting lifestyle when things are just so, like they can change in a day or in hours sometimes when the uh, the different state governments will close borders, they will just close them. And um, so... Um, there's a lot of talk about vaccines and a lot of issues with AstraZeneca or Pfizer and then Moderna's coming to Australia in a month. So I noticed that the government's rhetoric lately has been wanting to make Christmas normal. So I know we've had a lot of talk in the office in terms of uh, when do we really look at kicking things off again? Um and of course, we'll be watching the vaccine roll out. But I'm kind of thinking that you know, it's August now. You know, it'll it'll be spring in September, probably by October, November. Maybe we'll look at hopefully um, our house sitting members able to have some really great house sitting jobs over the summer. Um, hopefully, you know. And again, you know, it's like everything. It depends on what happens with the vaccine rollout and you know how many people are willing to do that um so that you know things can open up again a little bit more close to normal but enough for us to be able to travel again um yeah so i, I you know at the moment 
for house sitters, it's a very uncertain place. So a lot of them aren't taking that on at the moment. But hopefully by summer there will be opportunities to travel and get some sun. Yeah, I know for in the pet sitting industry, we're all trying to figure out where, where that new quote-unquote normal is. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. What's the threshold? You know, How high is the high? How low is the low going to be? Or a number of clients and requests and bookings. And, and I could imagine it's probably even more volatile for um, house sitting. And given how quickly uh, restrictions can change and how people tend to plan those longer trips, for, they plan them for a while in advance. Um, they don't tend to be very last minute. So trying to forecast six, eight months down the road gets really tricky uh, whenever you're the homeowner. And then, yeah, I can see how you would have this kind of imbalance of not you know su- supply and demand of, of homeowners versus house sitters trying to swing back and forth between who's available for what. Exactly right. And I think, um, you know, moving forward, a lot of uh, house sitters are having to have another option, um, whereas they might have been a bit more relaxed, moving house sit to house sit, not worrying so much about, oh, well, we might need accommodation for a week here or a week there. But I think a lot of house sitters now have, you know, like they, they have a plan B. Mm. So, you know, it, because it is much more possible that a job that they're going to could be cancelled and they'll need somewhere to live, basically. So uh, I think that kind of planning um is factoring more now than it used to it used to be much more of a relaxed gypsy you know lifestyle um <laughs> but now it's you know you really need a plan b just in case yeah i know several house sitters who yeah the um the, the gap stays would be in a hotel or an airbnb mm. but if you are unable to travel then to the next state over or to the next place because of certain lockdowns all of a sudden everything gets thrown out and so i i had known a few who went out and had actually gotten small rvs and i think you had mentioned that a little bit earlier too yes of that was that kind of this, yep. this backup like okay we used to have a car now we're just going to drive everywhere in an rv so that if, if stuff really goes uh, we can just pull over and, and live there for a while exactly right and you know there's so many um national parks all around here like in australia it's unreal and um i remember when i traveled a few years ago we got the camping book, which is amazing, um, this massive book that just tells you all of the free camping places to go huh. all around Australia and maps and each one, it says whether there's toilets or shower facilities or a fireplace or internet. And, um, yeah, so that's a really good resort. So, like, yeah, a lot of house sitters, they can, um, you know, if they're cancelled, well, at least they've got a house on wheels and it's not going to be too expensive for them to find a really nice place to to set up camp for, for a little while. You know, there's been a lot of changes over the last several years and it still sounds like many things are in flux. But if, if somebody's interested in kind of dipping their toe into the world of house sitting, what are some tips or what are some advice you would give to them in this world of COVID and, and making themselves stand out? Well, I think it's really important if you haven't house sat before uh, to try and get a couple of house sitting jobs for friends. Just build up some uh, reviews, references, because a lot of homeowners will want to see evidence that you're a good house sitter. Uh, so you know, that's a good idea. Get your mates to, you know, if you can house sit friends and then they'll write you a review, that at least gets you started. Um, uh, writing a really good sitter profile with a nice photo is really important, clear and to the point, and really focusing on your strength and why you want to be a house sitter. Because I think a lot of the success of, of house sitting is mapping up the right sitter with the right owner. And so there's no point going for a job if someone is, a, you know, has this amazing garden that has all of these, you know, high-level needs for their plants, et cetera, if you're a dog person and you're really not very good at gardening um, <laughs> and vice versa. So, like, honestly, I think the best thing to do as a house sitter is be yourself, you know, and that's okay. 
you know, if you're if you adore animals, well then you plaster all over your sitter profile how great you are with animals, experience with animals. Um, because then you'll get those jobs that have those lovely animals for you to care for. Um, but, you know, and, and having said that, you know, if you're a keen gardener, put that in your profile because then you'll end up with the right house yet because, you know, especially with our model, you know, people aren't getting paid. Yes, they're getting free accommodation, but at the end of the day you're not getting paid for what you're doing for the owner. So it's really important that it's a really positive experience for you. So uh, I think the more you can be upfront and honest about yourself and your own skills and your own experience and what you will get out of house sitting um, will just mean that you will find the right house sitting jobs for you that you will really enjoy. The owners will love having you because you do such a great job. Um, you'll get more great reviews and then you'll go on to do more uh, jobs. Um, in different places, but those ones that really, you know, are just right for you. They're all different. Some people are mad clean freaks, you know, and they just clean the house every day. That's not me. I'm really good with animals. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I would pick a job looking after the animals, not necessarily the neat freaks. So I think, you know, like just being yourself, being honest, trying to get some experience and not being afraid to ask questions. Uh, find, you know, like, Ask someone who's done house sitting for a while, you know, what they think. The the most helpful advice I think that um, we've ever experienced uh, and we've been trying to collate that for our site, for our new members, is from experienced house sitters who have done lots of different jobs and they've learnt all the pitfalls in that process and they can kind of go, look, this is what I recommend, this is what I don't recommend. So. You know, information is power. Communication is really important. Um, and a really positive attitude. You know, like house city is a very, very cool thing to do. You get to live in different places. You know, you get to experience different homes and different pets. It's actually a real gift for people who are able to, you know, even if you just spend a year or two doing it, um, it's a pretty amazing experience. So I think. You know, just having that positive experience about this new adventure and learning as you go, not being afraid to change things up and, and kind of go, all right, well, maybe that stick didn't go that well and this is why and I'll nap for the next one. You said that phrase of be honest with yourself about the kind of sit that you'd want. And I, I think that's really powerful because, especially when we're looking at these kind of opportunities, we, there's this tendency to say, yes, I can do anything and everything. Of course, I'll take on your 16 horses, and of course, I'll take on this, and of course, I'll take on that and these delicate orchids that you have. And But if it's not within your strengths, you're just setting yourself up to get that bad review or to have it not go quite as you expected and not be able to pull off the best service and, and have uh, the best experience possible, not just for yourself, but also for the owners. And so really taking some time to think about what what would I love to do in exchange to be in this different location and that may take some trial and error and I, I love your your advice of you know start local work with family and friends and and build from there and it's some of those things of you're not going to know until you you try and not going to know until you start trying to put on some uh, different situations but to just be honest with yourself again about things that you like things that you enjoy doing things where your strengths are and really lean into those because then the more focused you can be, the more likely you are to be connected with somebody who's also looking for that same thing. Exactly. And then you've got the most chance to be a really successful house-sitting relationship between yourself as the house and pet sitter and the owner. And there's, again, even that more chance that they will ask you back, which is a fabulous. If you can get recurring house-sits with the same house and the same animals, you know, then it's like they know you, you know the setup. It's not like starting over again, which is you know, ideal, really. If you, you know, if the homeowner finds a house sitter they really like, you know, that they'll want them to come back time and time again. And that's a dream for a house sitter. Now, for the homeowner side of things, I was curious how you've seen maybe um, homeowner expectations change or what exactly they are looking for 
when that you see them reviewing or selecting house sitters? Well, it's quite fascinating because every homeowner is very different. Mm. And uh, what some people expect compared to others is chalk and cheese. Like it's, it's really quite amazing. So um, <laughs> it's really important for the sitters to, you know, find out, ask questions, get things written down from your homeowner. Don't just expect even things as little as using a tomato sauce in the cupboard. You know, like, yes. so, you know, sometimes that's completely fine. Um, and I know whenever I have house sitters, I'm like, help yourself, you know, like whatever's left in the fridge, go for it. Whatever's in the cupboard, go for it, you know. But, you know, I know there are other homeowners who will, you know, email us and say they used up extra tissues and the bottle of toilet. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly, extra toilet paper and tomato sauce. So, you know, you you never quite know. It's mm. it's quite an interesting, very interesting. Um, yeah, so I guess the main thing is I, I, we've seen the whole spectrum and depending on what the homeowner needs are, uh, some will be really focused on animal care, some will be really focused on the home care, some will be very focused on the garden care. They, they seem to be three standout. Um, and if you look at different jobs, a lot of them you could kind of put in one of those categories. Um, so obviously the expectations are quite different with all of those homeowners. Mm. Uh, some homeowners are very prescriptive about their animals, and I mean very prescriptive, you know, eating this at a certain time, spending this much time with the animal, sleep in this, you know. <laughs> So, again, those are the kind of things that, you know, whereas other homeowners, like myself, when I get, I mean, except for the dog because, you know, of course, we're, you know, she's the queen of the house. But the three cats was kind of like, there's their food, just keep them alive. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll do their own thing. You just have a really nice week at my house, you know, get in the pool and just feed the cats and make sure, you know. Um, so I've seen the whole spectrum of homeowners. Everyone will have different expectations. So the really important thing is you just find that out um, when you're applying for a job so you know. I know that some of the house sitters have um, compiled, I think one of them, she said she's got a list of 42 questions that she makes sure are answered. Um, and she doesn't necessarily give it to the homeowner and say, can you answer all of these, please? Um, but in emails back and forward, in phone calls, uh, she makes sure that all of those 42 questions are addressed um, and so that way she has a very clear understanding of what type of house it's going to be, what the owner's expectations are, and that way then she can decide whether or not it's a sit for her. Um, and it is. She has very uh, good strict parameters around knowing what is expected. Um, it's, it's, it's really tricky as a house sitter if you're, if you're not quite sure especially if something happens to an animal, you know, that can be pretty stressful um, if you're not quite sure um, what the owner would want you to do in terms of something. And, we, you know, we all live in houses, you know, things go wrong. It's no one's fault. Sometimes a tap bursts or, you know, pool overflows because it's raining too too hard too quickly. So, you know, things can come up because it's life. And the more that you can you know, just be really clear at the outset with that specific homeowner, what their expectations are, what they need. Because guaranteed you go to the next house-sitting job and that owner will have a very different um, list of expectations. Pet Perennials makes it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized Simply Gift reaches our client or employee. All gift packages, including handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They're releasing an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards throughout the rest of the year that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get well wishes, and welcome new or rescued pets. They also have a few gift options in case you need to send a Simply Gift in memory of a special human client. If you're interested, register for a free account to receive discounted package pricing rather than pay consumer prices. 
Since the service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligations or minimum purchases. Learn more and register at petperennials.com slash pages slash GPS and enter the referral code PSC. You'll be given a unique coupon code to save $2 off any of their packages that you send in your first 90 days. Yes, I and I, I definitely <laughs> love that advice for preparing for the house sit. Again, we're trying to prepare ourselves for success. And so asking the homeowner, how would you handle this? Do you have a recommended service technician that you'd like to come over? Who do you like to do your repairs? Um, exactly. Yeah, you know, and, and asking those. And sometimes you may feel like, oh, I don't need to ask that. I know how to handle it. It's like, okay, well, um, but that you might not handle it the same way that the owner would. Like, would they like to, you to solve it with super glue and duct tape? Or would they actually want you to solve it by getting it fixed pro- properly by the time they Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And even simple things, like things you can think of, like where is it okay for me to put my clothes, you know? Is there a section in the wardrobe for me to put my clothes or not, you know? Because even little things like that, it is their house. So, um, you know, um, sometimes people will, or you know, like I know some house sitters who they take their own bedding with them. They make up the bed themselves with their own bedding um, and they go away. Uh, so they're not even using the owner's bed sheets or quilt or anything. So, um, yeah, it's like all those things that you maybe don't necessarily think of when you're living in your own space. You're living in someone else's space and and they come back. Yeah, it's just interesting, you know, you know how much. Yeah, another thing, you know, like if you're staying somewhere that is, for example, either really hot or really cold, you know, in terms of the heating or the cooling, uh, because that all needs to be really clearly um, understood at the beginning of a house sit. You know, mm. am I going to pay for the um, air conditioning cost? Or the homeowner might say, I'm happy to pay $100 worth of air conditioning, but then anything over that, you're responsible for. You know, those are the kind of, um, you know, th- those are the kind of details that can really make the difference between a really good, uh, experience and when the owner comes home they're really happy and you get a great review and you know it's a great experience or someone saying they use this amount of electricity it's cost me this much I want them to pay for it you know but then the city didn't know that they had to pay for it and then that's when things can get a bit stressful and no one wants that when you've just done a house it you don't want to leave and then have to deal with all of that you know that's be stressful for everyone involved. So, yeah, um, yeah. All, all those little details are really important to kind of work out before the sit. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like one of those things of, of in, in any good relationship, you want to have as few unspoken expectations as possible. You want to leave them all laid out there so everyone knows what's going on. And sometimes those conversations can be a little um, uncomfortable to have, uh, especially if you're brand new to this of going, well, how much are you going to pay? And can I eat your food? And where can I sleep? And those may seem like, well, I'll just figure it out kind of questions, but you don't want to have to quote unquote, figure it out. You want it to be known and both parties agreeing on how it's going to go forward. Because when, when you don't figure it out or when something does happen and then you have to make assumptions because you can't get a hold of the homeowner or, or whatever, you don't, you just don't want to be in that situation. Some of that takes experience of knowing what kind of questions to ask or what kind of questions you need to ask to be successful. And some of it's just thinking through, okay, if I was having somebody come into my home, what are some things that I would like them to know? And I need to ask those so that I can be working with this person uh, to have the best experience possible. Exactly. And I think that uh, a huge percentage of the work to ensure a successful house sit is done before the house sit even starts because that is a big part of that communication. Communication is great because even as a homeowner, that makes you feel reassured. Um, I know I've, you know, engaged house sitters quite a few times through our website and I love it when house sitters ask me questions because it makes me know that they care, uh, they want to do a good job. It also helps me because... Sometimes I forget to tell them things and so I'm like, I'm really glad you asked that because, you know, I want to make sure I'm giving you all the information you need about my house, you know, and sometimes I forget that. And we do on our site, we have like a handy um, house sitting 
form that if homeowners want to, they can print out and they can write um, information about things and leave it at the house for those old school people like me who like paper and, you know, print out. Um, But really, yeah, it's like the more you can ask, the more both the homeowner and the house sitter are on the same page before the house sitting job even starts. You know, the answers are once you're there, you know, the hard work is over in a way, you know. It's like now you've got the house and the animals and you do your thing and you know you you have that um, confidence um, and security that you know you 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 know what's expected of you. You know how to be in that space with those animals at the garden, do a good job. Um, and also for the homeowner, they can drive off or fly off feeling really happy that um they've got the right person um you know and it you know like you said before it really is a two-way thing it's a it's a relationship so communication is really important in every relationship and you know when you think about it um you know house sitters are really fortunate um and also you know uh, given the responsibility of taking care of someone's really beloved animals home plants you know um so it's great that um that relationship can be really strong in terms of the communication so that the owner can go away knowing they have to worry about their gorgeous little dog or cat you know they're going to be fine because the sitters asked all the questions and they're given all the information so yeah i think from our experience uh and of course we get emails on the site we've got a designated officer who deals with any issues that arise from house sitting jobs um and look nine times out of ten it would have been solved if those things had been discussed um and in writing it's a really good piece of advice like actually have things written down um <laughs> like our website we have online communication private so you don't have to share your email you just log into the site and you can message each other until you feel comfortable and that, that way everything's there. A record of everything is there. So you know, if you're talking on the phone, you know, that's good in terms of like developing a relationship. But dealing with the details of who's paying for what or, you know, pet care, et cetera, so great to have that written down that you can refer to. And also then in case if something does happen, where an owner does say, hey, I thought the house sitter was going to do A, but they did B, you've got that right there to say, hey, um, this was the email discussion we had and this is the message I got and this is what I was referring to. So, you know, um, that's really helpful, I think, to be able to have that communication, have it recorded so that both parties can refer to that whenever they need to. Yeah. Yeah, there's the there's the cover your butt side of things, and then there's the oh, I completely forgot how many cups of food this dog gets. So it, it does help you on on both ends. Uh, when, <laughs> exactly when you're right. Actually doing the sit. <laughs> exactly, you can only remember so many things. Now I know uh, you know you're managing these these two big websites, uh, and you have also I'm pretty sure a crystal ball in your office, and so I would like for you to to talk about maybe what you see the future looking like. For house sitting, or maybe what you hope it it is moving forward. Well, I honestly think, uh, in Australia, uh, that once there are more vaccines and we are getting closer to the summer, I think we are going to see so many people wanting to travel. Uh, it already happened a little bit this year until um, we got another wave. Honestly, I just think it's going to nuts. <laughs> it might take a little bit longer for house sitters to feel reassured to be able to do that on a more permanent basis again, like they were doing a couple of years ago. But honestly, I see that happen again, most definitely. Um, I, I think that we are all going to be, I don't know, I guess I took it for granted. I, I, I went to Italy. I travel quite a bit with work around Australia. I just took it for granted. And the last year and a half of not being able to go anywhere, um, my husband and I, we snuck to Cairns four nights. We just got it in before borders closed. We were so lucky. Uh, And I think there are so many other people like me who just love travel. And 
as soon as it is safe to do so, I I think there are going to be people travelling everywhere. And I think you'll find it's going to be quite expensive to do. And house-sitting is a really, really great option because of the financial side of it. You know, there's going to be so many people who are travelling. There's going to be so many um, house-sitting jobs that are going to be coming up. So um, I hope to see. And also I just think it's a great model that you, you know, environmentally much better because it's like you're um, using up extra uh, resources at a hotel. You know, you're, look, you're staying in a home that's already set up. You know, you're looking after animals that are already there. Um, so sustainably, I think it's a really good thing to do. So I just feel like house-sitting as a travel lifestyle model is only going to get bigger and better into the future, at least I hope, because I really, really want to Italy again. <laughs> <laughs> really, really do. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think I think we're we're all right there, uh, joining with you, thinking and looking ahead, going, okay, this the it, people are going to travel at some point in the future. What does that look like? In what numbers? Where are they able to travel? And so, how mm. can we? What are ways that we can set our to, to set ourselves up for success to be able to be a part of that? In that, getting started now, working on our profile. That's doing some some basic sits in our area. That's networking with other people and figuring out what we want and just starting. So that when opportunities do come up, we can take advantage of those because whether that's next month or whether that's early next year, you know, no one's quite sure, but we can, there are things we can be doing now to, to, to prepare for that. And also I think that the domestic side of things in terms of, I know there are some global house sitting companies, but um, I know what I found in Australia with, you know, I think it's going to take a while before international travel is really happening again. Yeah. Um, especially on a big scale. So a lot of people are going to be still wanting to travel, but they're going to be travel, you know, exploring their own countries. Um, and in terms of being a domestic house sitting website, all of the jobs are in that one country. So uh, I think that's going to be uh, more of an option at the moment in terms of house sitting is that you're going to, I mean, we already saw earlier this year, um, I spent a lot of time out in the, um, Northern Territory in the middle of Australia and um, visited Uluru a few times and I worked out there in the desert. And, you know, there'd be heaps of tourists, all European or Asian tourists. You'd hardly ever see any Aussies. So many places to go to had never been to the rock, never been to the centre. And earlier this year there was a huge influx of Australians all going to the Red Centre because they couldn't go overseas anymore. So I think, and it's expensive to go yeah. to the middle of Australia, you know, because I don't know why. They make it very expensive to fly there and very cheap to fly to Bali. Hmm. But I think that that's what is going to be moving forward, travel and house-sitting in particular, will be domestic travel. It'll be domestic house-sitting. Yeah. You know, it'll be, you know, if you want to travel around Australia, well, you can house-sit around Australia doing different jobs. Um, if you want to get out of your state in the US and have a road trip, you know, go and live in some other spots, you know, you go and chase the California sun or something, you know, like I think that's going to be the the next phase of travel, especially in house sitting, will be um, domestic house sitting, not, you know, flying overseas, that's it. I think it's going to be for a little while longer. We'll, we'll all be learning to love and explore our own countries. Yeah. No, it's really fascinating that you say that because I know um, here in the States, several places are really pushing, several states in local tourist uh, areas where they usually had a lot of people coming in. They're now changing a lot of their marketing to the locals and trying to push you know, what we call staycations where you don't go too far yes. from your home. And exactly, and where they're going, well, we still the the beaches are still beautiful. Um, you might not be able to come out of state to see them. So, how about let's try and attract the locals who might not have, who may have avoided them previously, because that's where all the tourists go. Well, now let's try and pull local dollars and local people over there. So, I, I think that's that's really interesting that you're seeing that as well. And so, for us to stay in tune to those opportunities, those options, and to start seeking some of those things out, and just seeing where what options we have around us. Definitely, definitely. I think that it's going to be that way for a little while where we'll be, um, we, 
we'll be looking at, um, yeah, having staycations, you know, like travelling. It's actually made me think of things because I've always been a more travel further away. I live in New South Wales. Um, I grew up in Tamworth, which is about six hours west from where I am. And I've never been further west than that. And there's these amazing towns in, you know, out regional areas with, you know, and I'd always, I'd, I'd loved my time in the desert it, right in the centre of Australia, but never thought to drive two hours west from where I grew up. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's only just now that we've gone, oh, well, actually, you know, we plan all of our trips going to Queensland or Northern Territory or down to Melbourne in Victoria. You know, that's very uncertain. There's all of these amazing places in New South Wales at my own home state that I have never been before. Let's pack the car and let's go for a drive. So, <laughs> and I think it's a lot of people are kind of, um, yeah, exploring places closer to home. And it's kind of like, I think that aspect is a really cool thing because you're getting to appreciate the beauties, you know, and the great places in your local area you know there's there's great places all around the world but sometimes we forget what's next door because it just seems next door yeah kylie uh, i have really enjoyed our conversation and you sharing your optimism for the future of house sitting and how we can take advantage of that how we can be prepared for that and what kind of expectations we can help share and how to set ourselves up for success, but I know that there's a whole lot more here and people are going to have a lot of questions and they're interested in getting connected. So um, where can listeners go to learn more about how sitting, get connected with you uh, and pick your brain on stuff when you're not dealing with two scary teenagers? Ah, yes, it's a nice escape to have from the scary teenagers. Well, um, howsittersamerica.com and aussiehousesitters.com.au are two websites, depending on what you're interested in. Um, we've got lots of resources on there uh, that people can check out. And um, we also have Facebook pages, Instagram accounts. So if you just Google Aussie House Sitters or House Sitters America, you'll be able to find all of those. Uh, and I know that there's lots of resources around us as well. Um, there's lots of uh, Facebook house sitting. There's a house sitting worldwide Facebook group run by a couple of our members who are also members of other sites. They're fantastic guys. Um, that's a really cool online community of house sitters where people share stories and ask questions, uh, which is really great. So I guess, you know, get on the website and then start Googling and who knows where you'll end up. Yeah, just start doing some of that basic research. Absolutely. Kylie, again, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to be able to talk from about travel. We're in a seven-day lockdown, so I'm working from home and I'm just, you know, talking to you and imagining all the places that I can go to now. <laughs> just very nice. A little yeah. escapism. My big takeaway from my conversation with Kylie was the fact that the majority, the bulk of the work for any house sit starts before you even walk through the door. That preparation is everything. How true it is also for when we are running our businesses and when we are meeting with clients. Showing up with no idea of what's going on or who the client is or what their pet needs for the meet and greet really sets us back several steps. Having all of that ironed out before we even walk through the door really, A, shows our professionalism, but B, make sure that that time that we have with that client for that very first time goes as smoothly as possible. And then little things like before you even walk through the door for the follow-up visit or throughout the visit, you review that information that allows you to remember what that code was, to remember the particulars about their training habits or their feeding regime. All of those little details really aren't so little in the end when they impact both the health and the kind of service that your clients come to expect from you. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you so much for listening. Let us know if you've ever thought about getting into house sitting, whether part-time or full-time. And if you are currently doing that, let us know how it's worked for you. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back again soon.